And welcome back. This is the Inside Track. I'm Skyler. And I'm Carter. Um, Episode 2. We made it to episode 2. With three, four takes at episode 1, and yeah. here we are. We're going to try episode 2. Hey, we're, we're, we're at least re- resilient, you know. Here's what we're getting into in this episode. So we're going to talk expectations, predictions for this upcoming season. You got the bulk of what we looked at last year, and... We're going to talk through tracks that we're excited to see this year, some bold takes. Drive to Five Season 5, I just finished today. You finished it a couple of days ago, so we're going to... I binged it. <laughs> it was so bad, so I we're, finished it two days. We're going to roll through our thoughts on Season 5 of Drive to Five and kind of how that coverage felt for us as people who follow the year, and we're going to close out with the Bahrain preview. Uh, so, yeah, practice is tomorrow. Yeah. So oh uh, whenever you guys listen to this, because it's going to... Probably Sorry. Saturday, right? I'm not, I'm not a wizard at editing... <laughs> And we got two episodes edited now, so Saturday is probably when this will come out. So if qualifying's happened and something we say here is a little wrong, just know it's because we're recording Thursday before the race. And feel free, feel free to laugh. That's okay. It's race one, so you're wrong. It doesn't matter. Race one's a joke. It's, it's actually fun. It doesn't matter. In, in any case, so big picture, uh, I have to do this joke. It feels required. Go for it. Gentlemen, a short view into the past. Um for those of you that are not aware, look up the 2014 Abu, Abu Dhabi interview. It is like an, in a minute and a half interview question. It is very funny. So we did the view into the past. Now let's look forward. Here's my hope. I want three teams fighting. I don't think we're going to get that, but I want it. I don't even think we're going to get two teams fighting. Not at the front. Yeah, I, this, is, this is the unfortunate truth, probably. I, I think Merck is going to continue to take steps forward. I saw... George Russell say the most optimistic nothing burger of my life a couple days ago, and I have it, and I would like to read it. It is very interesting what you can glean from drivers when they, it's not just what they say, but it is the way that they phrase things that are interesting. This is a quote from George Russell. I think we are def- we definitely believe, eventually, we will have a car capable of getting in that fight. That's sentence one. Whether we are going to have that next weekend in Bahrain, I think maybe a bit of a stretch. Red Bull look very strong. They look very stable. The car is looking really strong, and obviously Max is performing very well, and I think realistically it will be a stretch for next week. But there is no reason why eventually we can't get back there at some point this year. That is... That's rough. That's a bad look. Uh, I think eventually, maybe, we definitely believe, probably, we hope we can get in the fight this year. (laughs) Maybe, ideally. So yeah, uh, yeah. So that's probably so you know. Th- I wrote this before he said that. Uh, so that's probably not happening. But this is a hope. I, I want to see three teams fight at least at some point in the year. And hey, may- you know, maybe it's Aston Martin. I don't care. I hope it's somebody. You know, it very well might be Aston Martin. <laughs> it could like, happen. Aston Martin might have the second fastest car this weekend. It's it's that would be very fun. And uh, Mer- Mercedes did release information on a new rear wing for this weekend. I don't know how much it's going to matter. We'll see. I I think that the strategy of we're going to fix everything other than the problem, which is the no side pods, which clearly seems to be important, is an interesting strategy. I think it's it's kind of like in football when you have a quarterback problem and instead of addressing trying to fix that, you try and fill every other role. Yeah. Which if you're the San Francisco 49ers, you can do that. Well, Brock Purdy's go. Yeah. You know, yeah. Brock's sturdy. Uh, but I guess we can get yeah. we can go out of that. <laughs> but. Aside from that, you are looking at trying to solve everything. It's missing the forest for the trees, as far as I'm concerned. So, 
that would be fun. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I agree. I think generally it's just going to be more Red Bull dominance. I think that Max is going to be the fifth driver in the history of the sport to win three in a row. Yeah, I, I don't think there's anything stopping him. I would love for Ferrari to give a good fight. Hopefully, Ferrari is interesting. If if nothing else, I like both of their drivers. I like that team. I would love for them to do well. It, it, I at least want this to be not clearly over midway through the year. I I, I agree with that. Because uh, it ended, like, what, four, three or four races, four left? races left? But it was obvious about 12, 13. Before summer the break. summer, yeah, before like, summer break, right, it was over. If At the latest, like, when we hit the summer break, we're like, all right, well, this is done. Yeah, it was, it was, we reached that situation of, unless Red Bull just decide to not race for a while. Yeah. Like, I think at summer break, Max was at a position where he could have another summer break's worth of races to not show up for, and he'd still be winning. Yeah. He could have waited until Singapore to come back, and he'd still be in the lead. Like, that's a rough spot. I think we're at the spot where if he finished second behind Charles every race for the rest of the season, he still would have won. So it was just like, what the why? Yeah, what, what was the point there? So hopefully this year we get a little bit more than that. I do think, if this is true, that Mercedes does get into that fight at the end of the year. I think we can see four teams winning races. I think that's pretty possible on their own merit at that which is impressive so we saw mercedes on their own merit with george win last year yeah we saw ferrari do it on their own merit and you know for 17 races of 22 we saw red bull on their own <laughs> merit you know with uh win so that that was already three i think it is possible that what we're seeing in aston martin is a mirage but i really hope it's not i genuinely see what i think we're seeing here is that the Aston Martin car is already at its like peak development. Like I don't think it's gonna get a lot faster this year. So I think to start this season they're gonna be like the third fastest team. They might have five races. <laughs> but Mercedes is going to surpass them at least by the midway point of the season. Like yeah. I genuinely believe that. But I think right now, just based on what their like long run times looked like and how confident Alonso was in that car. I genuinely do believe that they might be the third fastest car. Maybe even fighting with Ferrari for the second fastest spot. Like, they were, like, very comparable in the long run, so. Yeah, you, th- this could be kind of the Alfa Romeo of last year. Yeah. Where in the first five races, it's possible. It's not likely, but it is on the table of something interesting could happen with them. And I think with a driver like Alonso, who is as wily and, and He's frisky as... every yeah. gap he sees. And... Doing doing so in a, in a way where if he gets that position from you, he does not give it up. He will fight you to the death for it. So I think that there's some value there to be found, and I I would love for that to be the case. And please give me a Max Alonso fight at the front this year. <laughs> that would be very. Please fun. do. I I also think so. Here here's an interesting point. Alpine said that they are. <coughs> one they have a 100 race plan that in five years they will be fighting for a championship which is a very bold thing to say this is year three, three four three. three yeah somewhere in there Th- third or fourth year you, you probably got to win a race this year if you're going to stay on track for that right i i would say they also already have an upgrade package apparently coming for this week which is insane to me that you didn't have it a week earlier for testing but okay i mean i guess throw the sandbags in they also didn't do an attempt on the c5 tire so they never had like that vanity run of like, look how fast we are. They pretty much only did long runs through all of test eight. I mean, they threw on like the C3, C4 every once in a while. But even, 
Sorry. Even then, it seemed like they were constantly trying to push it for like 15, 20 laps and not just like try a true qualifying. Yeah. See, see what a hot lap looked like. I think, I, and I think this is a smart tactic of, of teams towards the top is to not try and give any information to anybody. So, yeah, who knows? So how uh, fast is Red Bull actually? Yeah, th- yeah, this is a real <laughs> fear. Uh, I, I am terrified. This is my fear for this year is that because they lost wind tunnel time, because they lost money, I am afraid that they just built an absolute rocket ship and we're like, we'll just blow everybody out of the water by race nine and then no one will even care. Yeah. They won't even try. They might catch up to us, but we'll have a such a gap. It hundred matter. point lead and the, it'll just be over. So. So maybe that's how this goes. So yeah, th- so that's more or less seven minutes of us just like destroying my my desire for <laughs> for four race with, for four teams to win a race. But it kind of helped mine though. So yeah, here's here's the hoping. Um, I think that Red Bull is so talented in their ability of what they're doing under the hood, and uh, we we got to see with the arrow spray paint stuff just how ingenious the the side yeah. of that car is and. Even as people who could not explain like the aerodynamics of a car all the way through, be like beyond like oh well this looks kind of flat and this looks kind of curvy in a way that's cool, like they displayed something really interesting on their side pod that's like holy cow that's brilliant. They almost have like a double floor design with how like crazily slanted the upper side of their side pod is. Like it's insane to me the way that car looks. Yeah, they, they have this, a lot of teams on their side pod have this kind of pool situation where you have this dip in the middle yeah. of their pods, and they don't seem to do that. They seem to do a lot of that, like, uh, pushing out of, of air on, like, outside, yeah, so like, like, on the barrier of their side pod, and that's really, that's an interesting d- detour from what most other teams that, you know, the teams that have side pods are doing. So it seems like the other teams are, like, trying to use the air to, like, push the car down a little bit, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where they're like trying to almost create like a suction that suctions the car down to the ground. So it's a whole different concept outside of the Williams kind of looks like that this year. Do you see the way like they're the closest ones to me of like and Aston Martin, obviously, because it's a green Red Bull. Yeah. But like both of those cars genuinely kind of look like they are trying to do the same thing where they're just trying to create like that vacuum suction vortex thing, which is also why I think they're not porpoising as bad because they're not trying to push the car down. You're just trying to keep it level and flat. Yeah. So that the uh, yeah they dude Adrian Newey's an alien. Like that, that, that's my great conclusion on on that team. And the yeah they'll be they'll be leading the grid again by the end of twenty three. And I I don't think that that's a, a shocking statement. Uh, Alpine. Well, hopefully they're in, doing something fun and interesting, and hopefully we get a fun pairing of Ocon and Gasly. I would love. I think everybody wants Gasly to do well in this new team. When's We'd, that blow up? Yeah, I. When when do you think? Week four. I, I I have a hope that it never happens. They seem to have done this like we're trying to be buddies thing, and with with Gasly and Yuki's relationship that was like the bromance no one saw coming. Yeah. Because I remember when when that year was getting formed everyone just thought oh this lando danny combination this is going to be comedy all year long and it was it took a while for that to really develop into something interesting but it was it was the bromance of of yuki and ghastly that just really took off and i would love for those two to form something interesting and i think it's possible we'll see i I, they're both french right yeah 
So I think that maybe the French they... driver lineup on the only French team. So that's in, and, the, and there's no France this year. Yeah, I know that stuff horrible, but rough rough scenes for them. Um, so hopefully they get something figured out. I, it is gonna blow up though, surely, it's, right? It's like, surely gonna blow. Esteban, if they try to give them Esteban team orders to let Gasly pass. I want to see how that's going to go. Yeah, so we, we have a, a new dynamic for Alpine, which is the last, uh, with Alonso, it was clear that when opportunity arised, Alonso was going to play second fiddle. Even if he was ahead, his goal was to help catch you know Ocon back up. I don't know if they think that they have a number one, number two driver. And traditionally, when you do this, there is no number two driver, quote unquote, thing. It doesn't go well. No, not like at all. Because there always is preferential treatment. And I think teams that are upfront about what that looks like have less complaints from drivers because they understand their role. I think Checo has some complaints and some of that's fair, but he also understands that I'm not in the sport. If Red Bull doesn't give me that call, it's my job to help Max. So when you don't have a clear explanation of what that looks like, you're going to run into situations where drivers want to hit each other. Oh, it's going to blow. I, I hope it doesn't. I, I would love for them to be like this team that everyone thought was going to just like tank and kill each other, but happens to be a great driver pairing. That'd be fun. But I, I think, again, it's a to run back to another NFL analogy. If you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. And if you have two number one drivers, somebody's, somebody's slacking Some, here. So Somebody's going to get beat. And it's going to feel worse. I, I assume that Pierre... In my years of following, I think Pierre's a more talented driver, and I think that he will do better than Ocon. I, I agree. I also want Pierre to do better. I think Ocon's kind of an underrated driver, but I also I don't necessarily enjoy him off the track nearly as much as I do Pierre. So just in my like personal, like what I personally want, it would be Pierre. Yeah, I think I think saying Ocon's underrated is actually a really undervalued thing. I here's here's how most sports talk works i think that it takes zero talent to talk about the top team yeah anyone can talk about red bull it's boring there's nothing new to say we're not going to say anything about red bull that you haven't heard and it's it's the same thing in the nfl or the nba or hockey or baseball it's not interesting to talk about the top two pitchers and and having anybody that is having a goat debate has ran out of things to say what you when you can talk about teams in the midfield or in the NBA when you can talk about role players and depth this is where i think value in sports radio is found yeah and so I would love for there to be a lot of intrigue in the midfield. And I traditionally feel like that there has been. And I think that Alpine is hopefully going to be at front center, whether for good reasons or bad, whether that's bad drama or that is just them figuring things out. That would be lovely. And I think this is one of the things that we have the opportunity to dive in on as a, as a podcast. And for those of you that are listening to get in plug inside track on what's happening and who the up and coming people are so that when, Gasly or Ocon or whoever it is gets the promotion. It's not out of left field. Yeah, so that's um, that's Alpine uh, Haas. Do you have any any strong feelings on their upcoming year? I think they're going to be the seventh, eighth best team on the grid, somewhere in there with Alfa Romeo. If you're asking me right now, um, I think their driver lineup is kind of boring to me. Uh, Agree. <laughs> outside of maybe, sorry, I'm dying over here. We're gonna we're gonna make it through. Outside of a... Give, give Kimmy the drink, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, Kimmy, you have no drink. <laughs> this, um, is, this is just like years of just like 
deep meta memes that like <laughs> yeah. we're like this is a podcast for new people and we just throw out like ancient <laughs> stuff oops um anyways uh, i i'm genuinely bored by their lineup i think hulkenberg is going to be solid and consistent if the car is the sixth best car i think he's gonna finish 11th or 12th so k mag's kind of the wild card to me on this team the interesting one that can put a hoss on pole in crazy conditions or take a shot that he probably shouldn't take and lose his front wing on lap one trying to fight with a mercedes for no reason at all Oops. but i don't have a lot of hope for this team I do think K-Mag will give us a couple interesting things, kind of like he does, because he does have raw speed, like crazy raw speed. He's just probably the most inconsistently, outside of Yuki, driver on the grid right now. And then Hulkenberg's the exact opposite, right? I just don't think he has that raw speed. And then he's consistent as all get up and is never going to put a foot wrong. So it is, it is, uh, it's the Lance Stroll of Haas here a little bit, you know? Literally. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what I think Hulkenberg is. I think they're very comparable. Uh, so... Kevin, I would love uh, last year's the best version of Kevin. That, I don't think it's getting better, and it, it probably doesn't. I just think, if nothing else, like proper flowers to a guy that showed. Obviously, Alonso has done this. That age does is not exactly the most important indicator in how talented you are, but clearly his experience and maturity over recent years, and particularly I think in his year out of the sport, and I think Alonso shared a similar sentiment of his time outside of the sport improved him on track. I would love for him to do well enough to earn a spot in another team. I think that he's probably comfortable just enjoying being on the grid and having a drive and driving with a team that loves him and yeah. supports him and does not put him in uh, bad situations but, uh, to the best of their ability outside of the car underneath him. Yeah, Nico, I, look, I, I, have, I don't know what they're doing. I have no issue with Nico. He's fine. He's milk toast. He's average. It's, it is inoffensive. Why is Felipe Djokovic not in this seat? He's a Formula 2 champion. I'm sorry. I know that he signed with Aston Martin's reserve team. That was like after the season ended of Formula 2 last year. Um, For those that don't know, Felipe Djokovic won the F2 season last year. When you win F2, you can't race in F2 again. So now he's sitting on the sidelines as an Aston Martin reserve driver. Yeah, I think... I mean, I guess he might get an opportunity. I don't know how bad Lance Lance is. is, He's fine. They said he's racing. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. Uh, Yeah, look, there's no future in these drivers. So yeah, it begs the question, what are you aiming at? And I don't know the answer to that. I have a hope. I have a hope that the answer is we are trying to mitigate the problems of having a driver that is pretty good and is able to maximize this car and score some relevant points. And then a second driver that is inconsistent and could do that, but regularly isn't. Bringing in Nico, who, when given the opportunity to score points, probably will. Yeah. If the goal is to make money so that we can stop trying to be a farm team and we can try and be our own thing that is going to participate in the midfield year to year and not just trying to have a one year hit, um, it's kind of like the money ball situation, right? Where like you have a team that for a year or two is going to <laughs> be really talented. And as soon as those contracts are up, the teams with more money are going to buy them out. That kind of is the situation. So maybe this best case this is a team that is trying to alleviate that problem by making some money of their own i don't think that's what they're doing i don't, i think that that would be unwise to assume that they are thinking that 4d that they are thinking that many steps ahead i would love for that to be true i fear that they aren't going here here's the question if you're not here to win what are we doing 
And if you are not taking steps in order to attempt to win, then I don't know what we're doing here. Even if not win, but at least like improve in the midfield, you know what I mean? Like better than you were last year, and I don't think they did that. Yeah, you you took steps forward, obviously from twenty one to twenty two, and I would love for that to continue. And maybe it does, and maybe we look like idiots, and they're fifth on the grid, and I would be happy to look dumb for that one. I mean, McLaren looks bad, so yeah, maybe there's a gap there. We'll get to there, but yeah, I just I don't see it. I hope that that's the case, but that's that's Haas. Let's just go ahead and talk about McLaren then. Let's yeah, jump into I mean, it. Um, they look horrible. They look <laughs> literally horrible. I mean, they look like they might be the tenth best car on the grid. Which surely I mean, not, but like, I mean, I don't. I think they're going to be fighting with Williams at the start of the season. I know that they said they have like a whole other car coming. Which so. begs the question: Why did you put that out there? Why Why would you put all that time in testing on a car that's not your car? Yeah, I think it's mandatory. It's the same thing with Mercedes. Like, I mean, I, they did run the least amount of testing laps, which also doesn't really help me feel any better about anything. But yeah, I, so I, I don't, don't get that. Like, it's it's wasted time on a, on something you're not going to drive for the whole year. That that always seemed odd to me. Like, I get sandbagging's relevant, but it's a very strange way to unless you're like trying to fight for the championship. It's a strange approach. Uh, they also upset Lando. He was seen punching the pit wall on his way out of his drive. So Lando's, for those that don't know, a very cool, calm, collected character. He's a he, like DJ's on the side. He does Twitch streaming. He's a very fun, positive guy. He punched the pit wall on the way out. Like he is upset. He is also probably one of the most talented drivers on the grid. At worst, he's a, he's four. Yeah, like I mean, he's. Should be in a top team. So, they better hope that this whole second car thing that they keep pitching is what they think it is. Because if it's not, like, I don't think Lando's going to stay with McLaren anymore. Like, I used to think, like, he's just, like, the team supporter and everything. And it, it just seems to have gone downhill. One, he also apparently really liked Daniel Ricciardo. And <coughs> was not the most fond of losing him as a teammate. Would... In fairness, I think it was the right call. It was, but it's still like you're burning bridges with a guy that is considered one of the top talents in the league, or in the grid, so. Yeah. If they lose Lando, they're in for a world of hurt. Like, I mean, I know Piastri is supposed to be the next hot thing, but Lando's proven it. Like, it's not supposed to be. He is. is. If they lose Lando, Zach Brown's gone. Period. If Piastri's not able to suitably replace it. If Piastri and Lando become this thing where they're like fighting back and forth, and we're like, "Oh, Piastri is," the and next they don't, match. yeah, they don't need him. Then, well, then sure, but then we're just back at square one. We're we're waiting on a car and a second driver. Yeah, pretty much. So, so yeah, I have, I have some I have some fear there. Uh, I know they say they have this wind tunnel wind tunnel coming that will start to help develop the twenty twenty five car. Uh, that's Lando's last year of his deal. So you better hope that that car is stupid impressive, because <laughs> yeah. if that's all you're banking on is the last year of his deal to keep him there, you're playing a riskier game than I like to play, my friends. Yeah, when's uh, would it been would it have been Lewis's championship? Is that the last time McLaren was? Surely it hasn't been that long, right? Oh yeah, that's the last time they were at the top. I mean, they had the 2020 year where they finished third. No, yeah, 20, yeah. Well, no, I mean like actual like winning winning a championship at no, driver yeah, no, or constructor. And what was that? Oh seven. 06? 08? Maybe 08. Yeah, like... Somewhere in there. Somewhere in the the middle of the 2000s. 
That is, so if you in the last generation will lose two generational talents and have two championships from one of them in not even, at least so far, not even, win. yeah, not even a race one from the other. Yeah, we're, we're, we're in for an interesting time here, McLaren. I, they sold their HQ, mm-hmm. uh, which I, that mean, that that's probably nothing, but I think it's part of, cause they're building the new factory and everything. So they're trying to move, but it, but it was cool, you know. So I, yeah, I, <laughs> this better be a. Either this year needs to be better, or next year better be cracking. Yeah, like because you can you cannot afford to throw away prime years of a driver like this. And I think that Lando, of course, is aware of that. It is every driver's desire. Number one goal is to win the driver championship. And if he is not in a car that even can compete for that, he's going to be looking at other options. And hopefully they figure that out. I think it's way more fun when we have a when we have top drivers all on different teams that all have the opportunity to do well with their skills and a car that's suited for them. But we may not get that. I don't know. Um, I don't know where he would even go. If Lewis retires and Mercedes? And or, I, I don't I mean, know if they would let George sit i i don't think that he would want to be a second driver yeah, at ferrari or red bull i don't know where he could go like unless alpine is unless l plan is real in five years in they are competing for championships audi yeah and, like, if we if, if we get the 26 year, in and what they're supposed to do in 2026 and maybe that's the next move it's that or uh aston martin looks like they are yeah maybe that's the move and like well you know run a couple years with alonzo and then he leaves and well, you know, sixteen more years of Alonso, obviously. Yeah, he might race till he's fifty. Yeah, he's he he might outlast Tom Brady. It's yes. very possible. They both retired once, briefly. Briefly, it's real. Um, Kimmy comes back, you know. Who's to say? So Vettel. Oh, can we get a Vettel Norris pairing? That'd be fun. <laughs> that'd be fun. That'd be so the, the two like very contrasting personalities yeah. of like a pretty stoic but like kind of jovial but pretty black and white about things versus. Lando, who is this very like, ah, yeah, that sucked. That wasn't fun. Anyway. Next. He kind of is, he's pretty cheeky in the way that he says things that not positive of like, yeah, he's pretty sarcastic in that sense. And for him to go past this point. So here's, here's the thing about jokes and sarcasm is there's always truth in them. The good ones always have truth. Yeah. For him to exceed past that sarcastic truth into just a raw truth of just like pure frustration. It's terrifying. He uh, literally said that he would be surprised if they're out of Q1. So, yeah. We're, we're, <laughs> uh, pretty it's, bad. So, uh, yeah, McLaren fans, this may not be another interesting year for you. <laughs> Hopefully it is. I would, again, would I, I hope that 10 teams are just fighting back and forth, but someone's got to finish last. Someone's got to finish out of the points. Someone's going to finish top five, and I'm worried that they're not on. I think they're yeah. going to be fighting with AlphaTauri and Williams at the bottom. So that that could be what we're looking at. Let's uh, Alpha Tauri actually. And <laughs> while you mention it, Nick uh, Nick DeVries joining the joining the squad here out out with the out with you know out with the goat. Yeah, goat Tifi Nicholas Latifi. For those that don't know the memes, sorry. He leaves uh, Williams, and that uh, we obviously have Gasly then moving over to Alpine, and when the seat opens up. You have Logan Sargent, who we're going to talk more about going down to Williams. And then you have Nick DeVry, who drove that Williams for a brief moment, scored a point in it, and 
Monza. No, yeah, it was Mon- Monza. Monza. Uh, scored a point in Monza in his debut race, then joining AlphaTauri. That is kind of the... I guess technically he drove Albon's car. Yeah. Either way. He's gone. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we just have to lament our sadness that there is, there is no more comedic relief that, that is the GOAT, Nicholas TV. So I don't know, dude. There might be a McLaren. Yeah, <laughs> there, there, there. Uh, what's the uh, this is the nerdy reference? <laughs> the nerdy reference is like a uh, in Star Wars. It's like the there's there's the rule of two in the Sith. Like there, there are always two, and it's like in this there will always be somebody to make fun so, of. Somebody's gonna be there. Before it was Latifi, it was Mazapin. You know, it was Mazaspin, and uh, this year it might it might be Yuki Spinoda. Like there, there will always be Yuki's somebody. On a hot seat. Well, yeah, I, Yuki's I, the hot seat. This is the alpha topic. Is like. We we side tangent from from uh, from DeVries there, but yeah, if if Yuki wants to stay in the sport, he needs to he, he needs has to, to beat DeVries. like it's kind it's of handily black and by white. the way, yeah. Uh, I I actually we'll talk about Drive to Survive more later, but I think that that added some more context that I liked, which is still undisciplined. Uh, he's still he lacking like patience. Yeah. He still seems uninterested. Um. And that's probably a harsh thing, a harsh way to phrase that. But uninterested in improving uh, tangibly, he's just not as determined as you would think a Formula One top twenty driver in the world guy should be. It, uh, yeah, it feels almost. Again, this this is this is disrespectful and probably more than I intend, but it seems uh, disrespectful to the sport. To have to seem this disinterested in in like having a respect for the game and trying to improve with uh, all these techniques and taking in information and trying to learn, like I think Yuki's talent is his own deficit. One hundred percent. It's it's like he he knows that he is like extremely quick just as as he is, and I think he has tried to carry that. And I think that he's grown a little bit last year. There's there's some moments where you see some of these things where he's avoiding some mistakes that he would normally take, but uh, these are marginal steps. And yeah, if he's going to stay in the sport, Nick needs to not be better than him, and I am not anticipating. I don't don't see Nick not being better than him. Yeah. Yeah. One, Nick has... He's a Formula 2 champion. He's a Formula E champion. That's two different single-seater seasons and categories of driving that he has won a championship in. He did well being thrown into the Williams. He's driven damn near every car on the grid. Seemingly, yeah. I mean, I think when he drives for Red Bull, he would have drove every power unit of the big three. So everyone outside of Alpine that makes a motor, he would have driven one of their cars. So, I mean, he's not just your Logan Sargent, Oscar Piastri rookie. Like, this guy has experienced... He's been around. I don't think he's going to struggle when he first gets started. Yeah. He sat as a reserve for Mercedes for four years doing all the simulator work. Like He knows how to drive these cars, and he knows all the tracks. So he's not going to have the learning curve of a normal rookie to where Sonoda could even like get the jump on him early in the year. Yeah. Like I just I don't see it. Yeah, the uh, it's it's an interesting – like. It's kind of a Ben Simmons rookie year, yeah. you know. It's yeah. like it's not entirely fair to call him a rookie. Um, yeah, you, this is always going to happen for these guys coming to the top and uh, for their first time and having to struggle with the new pressure and the new weight. They've been the big dog in smaller ponds in the past, and now you're going to be a, a small fish uh, yeah. with all the microscopes on you. 
So that's that tends to be really difficult for them to adjust to early on. And yeah, I, I agree. I think Nick has done nothing but shine in his opportunities as limited as, as they have been. Uh, and I think all of his experience in these random weekends and whatever car he happens to be thrown into is going to be beneficial in his ability to understand what this car is doing, what it needs to do, and how to communicate that to yeah. to his team. So yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, from one alpha <laughs> to another, again, Alfa Romeo. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> this yeah, is yeah. this is a, a to to like follow the bit from last episode. It's like this is a team in the sport uh, for sure, at least for the next two years of them. So for those that don't know. Uh, it's Alfa Romeo Sauber. Sauber once had a works team with BMW way back in the day. It was BMW Sauber. Now it's Alfa Romeo Sauber. That team has been sold. And it will, in 2026, be officially branded as Audi. It will be their entire works team. So there's a lot of hype for this team. But we're in this weird little two, three year gap where it's just not Audi yet. And they're still Alfa Romeo Sauber, and it's like they're rocking Valtteri Bottas, who is a proven quantity, a very good Formula One driver, and a now second year guy in Zhou Guanyu, who really impressed a lot of people last year, myself included. And I genuinely didn't think he was going to do as well as he did last year. So there's there's potential there, but it's not like the it's not the team that you're just like. Yay, go yeah. Alpha! Like, there, there are plenty of other teams that there are things to watch for that we're excited about. Whether that's to see how high they climb, how fall they, you know, how far they fall, uh, enter team like dynamics. But there's some interesting stuff with the car that I like. There's some interesting like outwash and downwash that they're yeah. doing aerodynamically on this new car. Uh, yeah, no, like, it's, <laughs> it's just the the. The loss of their team principal, we'll see if that matters. We'll see, I, I guess, probably the most interesting thing to follow this year for those of you that are wondering what to glom onto as I'm trying to find something for myself. I guess it's Joe. I guess, I guess Joe I got to see what Joe does. And if he improves, then great. And maybe if he sticks around, moves up, whatever his situation is, I think that that's probably the only thing left to watch for. The other thing would be uh, there's rumors of a Valtteri retirement coming this year. As that. he has like his coffee shop, he sells coffee on the side. Like owns like makes beans and everything. Like that's his like passion in life. And his wife is a cyclist, like a pro, like competitive yeah. cyclist. Um, she said that this is probably going to be her last season. So there's rumors that it's a good time. It's to... been two years of Valtteri now in this car. Is it the end? Does he finish out his contract, which is only one more year after this one? So it's just kind of those are like the big things. Is is Joe the guy for the job? Is Valtteri going to retire? So it's more like, are they keeping these seats, or is this like something we should watch because these could be potential spots for like an Alex Albon, which we'll talk about, yeah. or like other. I don't know. Is it going to be an open seat? I guess. I guess maybe the the question is not just if that is the case that he does retire. The question then becomes is not just is Joe going to improve, but can he be a number one? Yeah, because no, I, I think I that like that would be really difficult as a driver and as a team with a driver to be like, hey, so we brought you in. We're two years in. Uh, Valtteri's like taught you a lot of things, and, and you know he's he's going to move on, but you're staying in the second seat, and we're bringing in somebody else. That's got to take a hit to some confidence there, and yeah. So I would I'll be interested to see what he does. Um, Valtteri, uh, 
you know, s- send me a sample of your roasts. Theo, um, Theo Porcher. Uh, I, I'm just, my, my roasts are better than yours. I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, <laughs> one, one V one roast dog. Uh, we'll do it. So that's this year upcoming as a general expectation. I don't think we're missing anybody there. Williams. Williams. Let's talk Williams. Uh, they, they Logan Logan Sergeant. Logan Sergeant, Mr. America, Florida man. Come on. The guy. We got an American on the grid. Finally. Uh, we I, I talked about uh, his board on the last episode, and it is, I said it's the most aggressively American thing I've ever seen, and it might be. It is like, hey, I am Logan Sargent, which, by the way, that's about as American of a name as it gets. Dude. He looks a so, like, soldier The timing chart's going to say Sergeant Logan. <laughs> like, it is, it, it's going to be, there's going to be, <laughs> like, his engine will just sound like an eagle cawing, like... <laughs> uh it's it i love it i his, love it so much it's gonna be so much fun like he's from florida his favorite food is austin barbecue uh you know his his like hype song is lose yourself like it's the most white american <laughs> stuff yeah. i've ever read and i love it so as an american i am excited to see this man add some of that uh to to the scene that i think they are also excited to have and dark horse rookie of the year i i, I genuinely think he I think he has. I know Oscar Piastri is considered like the next talent, but I think Logan Sargent has like genuine raw speed. Like Oscar Piastri's F three title that he won, that everyone's like, "Oh, well, he won back to back F three F two titles." Uh, that was a last race decider against Logan Sargent. So Sargent has the talent. He went to a horrible F two team because he almost lost all his funds and like had to join the Williams Driver Academy and like all this crazy stuff to even get to F one. So he's already proven that he's willing to overcome some things. And then he genuinely was fighting with Oscar Piastri for that F3 title. Like, he is a good driver. I think he's going to have the steepest rookie learning curve of them all. But I, I genuinely don't think he's, there's going to be like a... There's not a Mazepin rookie this year. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, a very clear, like, from the from the get-go, oh, yeah, this isn't going to yeah, last. This, and this guy shouldn't be here. I hope that those two just duel it out for their career. I hope that they both are, like, successful and just, like, beat each other up yeah. on track. I think that'd be very fun. Whenever Charles and Max retire in 10 years, they can take the seat at 30. Here's here's a bold thought. I, I genuinely am not sure how much longer Max is going to be in the sport. I, I mean, 2028. I think he'll make it through this engine change. I don't... I think... So, he does not... He's made it pretty clear that this is not his whole life. Oh, yeah, at all. And I think that that works to his benefit. Uh, he constantly complains that the season is too long. He doesn't want to do all this stuff, the presses. I think that we'll talk about this later, but a lot of the hatred that he receives, that's, that's I think, is extremely unwarranted. Um, He's the guy that knocked one of the goats off, and he gets the hate for it. Like, I mean, it sucks. And it's a decision that he doesn't participate in. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I, I think that there are good reasons on why, if, if he wins this year, Again, he will be the fifth driver to ever in the seventy-six years of the sport win three in a row. I what else is, do you have to prove? Unless his goal is to be the greatest ever, and I don't think that it is. And I, we'll see how much his hatred for Lewis continues, and how much if that turns into a real rivalry again. Like I genu- I think if he just keeps dominating seasons, then he'll get bored and move on. Like I don't think he's gonna be like a Lewis. It's like oh, I'm dominating. I want to keep doing this. Yeah. But I think if like Lewis comes back in this fight and we have the Max Lewis fight again, eh, I think he could stick that out because I think he like as much as he hates the criticism. 
also think he's very happy to prove it all wrong. Yeah, you I think he, I mean? he does thrive on, like, performance a little bit in that yeah. sense, yeah. I, like, this is a... So, I, I would love for him to stick around for a long time. I think that he has a genuine opportunity to go down as, like, one of the greatest to, to do it. Like and he, I think, like... He can get into that hemisphere, for sure. And at least in terms of just, like, talent, I think that he exists in that sphere. But, obviously, when we're talking about greatness, it's legacy and it's titles and championships and etc. So, that matters. We'll talk a little bit more about him later. I think that's I think that's our final piece on this uh, this upcoming year. Uh, Albon, Alex, oh I keep God. skipping on talk Alex, about man. Alex, man. Sorry, I'm so excited about America, and I moved on. <laughs> Alex, uh, swing swing forward. What do you what you got? Uh, you got strong Alex, thoughts. Alex is going to outdrive this car again. I don't think Williams is just going to be like an off the back tenth place team. I think they are genuinely going to compete, as I said, with AlphaTauri. And McLaren probably at the start of the season. Haas. I think, yeah, Haas, uh, Alfa Romeo. Like, I think that group's honestly going to be close. I think Alpine <clears throat> and Aston Martin have kind of moved ahead of the rest of the midfield. At least the genuine wild thought, yes. So I really think those bottom five teams are really going to scrap it out for that, like, eight, nine, ten positioning. You know what I mean? Which I would love. And I think Albon, of those bottom teams, might be the most talented driver of those bottom five teams. Outside of McLaren. But, but I, was, I was I was like over Lando, hold on. No, but like outside of McLaren, who just shouldn't be down there. Like Haas, yes. Alfa Romeo, him and Valtteri is probably a hot take to take album, but I probably would right now. Um, at least in terms of uh, potential, yeah, like, potential yeah. reproduction. Yeah, the Joe, yes. Sergeant, probably still a yes. I like Nick DeVries, but I think Albon's better. Sonoda, I think, is the worst driver on the grid right now. So. It's possible. Like, it's I, possible. Albon, to me, is probably going to outperform that car and score. I think he's going to score more points than he did last year. I would love that. That would be very fun. And I, it wasn't a ton, but like that would require, considering how far ahead we, we both think that the top five is, Yeah, that would require multiple races. Like We're talking a third, maybe, of the races for I, him to do that. And that's if the car continues to improve on the other pieces, aside from being an absolute rocket ship in the straights, then it's a it's possibility. There's, there's potential there. Yeah. I just I don't think they're going to be a back marker tenth place team. If they take a step back, I think that that will probably be more of an indication of what other teams are going doing forward. Yeah, yeah, as opposed to them regressing for real this time. That's it. No, yeah, yeah. Now we're good. Now I got to. Okay. I will just interject myself in here. No, anymore. I just I I I I feel bad that I was just like tried to skip Alex twice there. I, Alex, <laughs> we we love you. I promise. You have um, crazy hair. Yeah, and and it's fun, and you have cats on your helmet. Yeah. That's that's cool. Let's talk tracks this upcoming year. What uh, what are you looking forward to seeing? How do you not put in spa if you're a, if you're a degenerate? Yeah, like everyone loves spa. I also think due to safety concerns, we might not see spa on the calendar for as long as I would like to. I think I'm gonna really enjoy it while I can. Pure speed wise, it's up there. The cornering, the elevation change is absolutely insane. And it's, it's a beautiful track that normally always has some sort of weather that also throws it in for a crazy sporting mix, yeah. just either in qualifying or the race. So I genuinely enjoy Spa. It's my fav- one of my favorite times of the year. Yeah, it, uh, when I die and go to heaven, <laughs> I hope the first thing I see is just walking over the crest of St. Rouge. And, and like, there's so many iconic like moments through there. There's, uh, you know... Uh, when Lewis and, and Seb are fighting, and you know, yeah. and here comes you know, but here comes Sebastian Vettel around the outside, you know, after after getting through uh, Eau Rouge and 
there's it's it's just a really 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 fun track and i think that is the perfect blend of high speed and tricky twisty corners that require all types of like all angles of skill so agreed there um i didn't say this before when i wrote this but i am at least intrigued to see vegas i don't think that the track's going to be good no but the spectacle is going to be insane yeah but like i think uh in the same way that the NBA All-Star break comes with a lot of rumors because players can't help but talk to each other and microphones always find their way there, mm-hmm. I think that Vegas will be a very interesting race. And it's later in the calendar. Yeah, like third to last, I think, or something So like that. I think whatever we don't know by that point, we will probably, answers will come. It's my best guess. So I think if nothing else, like, it'll be a really fun, like, at least, if nothing else, like the shot of them going down the strip is going to be sick. So, oh, it's visually going to be very pleasing. I'm just not confident the race itself is going to be what I want it to be. Yeah, but. and you know, I mean, it could be worse. It could be Monaco. Uh, <laughs> so there's, there's that. I, I, we didn't plan to talk about this after we talk about races we love. We we'll talk about races that we hate because they exist. At least um, a couple. So tracks that I am also excited for. Bahrain, it's this weekend. It's finally race week, and it even if the track itself was not that interesting, because it's the first race, it's, it's always going to be it's fun. Always, yeah. I do happen to think that Bahrain is a very good track. Uh, I believe it's one of the first tracks to get like like A1 certification from FIA. Like, it is quality. There's six different layouts, so there's always things that can change. Like, And, and it's, it's going to be a staple. Like, I, do, yeah. I don't think Bahrain's going anywhere. Yeah, and we'll, I have some more thoughts on and uh, notes on like the history of this track for later, but yeah, it is it is an absolute joy and a great way to start the season. I I love it. I also love the second race, Jetta. I no, Jetta's I, great. I adore Jetta, dude. Last it, time we recorded about these, I was like, eh, Jetta. And then I really went back and watched the highlights of Jetta last year. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. No, Jetta's Jetta's good. both years. Jetta, Jetta in twenty one was chaos. Uh, Max and Lewis fighting and the like let him pass after he got like pushed wide. And <laughs> which for for the record, I. In review, I'm pretty sure Max definitely got pushed wide, and I think him giving up to that position was silly, considering I I watched Lewis do that yeah. and then not give up, have to give up position, which, like, this is not, like, a pro-Max anti-Lewis thing. This is just, like, that's just inconsistent yeah. review from the FIA. But And then, like, he slows down out of this exit trying to do this strategically, and Lewis calls it a brake check, and I don't know. It, it, so every, everybody is hypocritical. This is the side bit here. I Lewis did that to seven Azerbaijan. So like everyone does it. Yeah, everyone does it. Everybody, and it sucks when it happens to you. But like, stop. Yeah, get over it. Yeah, Yeah. like if you've done it, like what goes around comes around a little bit there. So yeah, Jetta's super fun. Four tenths was the gap last year between Max and and Charles, Charles. and that was another fun like DRS trading, and they were doing this uh, safety car like kind of like just uh, just edging each other to see who was gonna like start first, and like that was really fun. Uh, and it's and it's one of the great like high risk high reward tracks where if you're willing to cut it a little bit, that's either the end of your race or a gain in positions. And yep. It's to me everything that I think Monaco tries to be in terms of like taking a risk is beneficial, but only on Saturday. There's not I don't think the track generally is wide enough. Whereas this has plenty of overtaking spaces. The back straight is quite long. Like that's where a lot of moves get done. Yeah. Um, you have some areas in sector two where like stuff can get done. Obviously, turn one's generally like a pretty good opportunity because if you don't get them on that back straight DRS, you have the another one two corners later. 
with a wide enough turn radius to, to get around and it's like straight into the chica- <laughs> it's like turn one and two chicane so like that's always opportunity for, for interesting things so yeah jet is a lot of fun silverstone it's like it's as you know about as iconic as it gets always very yes. fun 21 the you know crash of the year um craziness i thought and, max was dead yeah that, that was that was terrifying and seeing charles like fight and in the way that's Lewis had to like fight his way from this this ten second penalty, which whatever. Uh, I don't I, I don't want to make this into like a I can't believe this <laughs> that, but like that might have been a little light. In any case, like that was still it made the the rest of the race interesting as he chased down Charles. Yeah. Um, and then twenty two again, best race of the year, best friend. Uh, she watched that was the first race she watched. She chose to be a Carlos fan and like got to watch him win like on her first viewing and also you know biggest crash of the year that year you know again i thought joe was dead like for they, they no. didn't show they didn't show that replay for a while uh right at the start russell closes off ghastly uh trying to cut through gaffy closed him off late goes into goes into joe on you and that's the situation that leads to it so same thing with the open wheel tire thing whenever those tires hit yeah it just sends them and especially when you get into the gravel like that you just anything can happen you also would think the car would slow down that's that's the that, point. That right? car skidded over the gravel. Like it did not do no interest. Up. Yeah, which honestly probably might have saved his life because I think if that car had dug on the roll hoop, it might have like snapped his neck or something crazy. Yeah. So it was kind of like a perfectly terrible situation that like it went so bad in such a way that it ended up being fine. The fact that he walked out of that virtually like unscathed is, is a miracle in and of itself. Any other tracks you're stoked about this year? Uh, Circuit of the Americas. Oh, Texas. yeah, of course. Of course. I, I always got to talk about Texas. Uh, uh, one, Texas there's Park. an American driver. The show's going to be rolling. Yeah. Uh, two, I love the... I know the celebrities kind of now get more dispersed because there's Miami, and then now there's going to be Vegas, which is probably where they're all going to be at. But yeah. there's normally, like, big names. Like, I think 21, it was when Shaq was there. That was really funny. Yeah. That was really funny. Like, so there's always just a lot of fun to come with the track. And then the track is uh, purely a good race. Like, there's so yeah. many overtaking spots around this track. There's long straights. There's a crazy little twisty little corner section. Uh, so what, sector three? Uh, end, of, end of two, end of three. End, yeah. yeah. Where it's just, like, nothing but corners. It's yeah. like constant work of the steering wheel. So I think it's a complex track the driver's set to drive. The elevation on turn one is crazy, too. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you have this gap of like breaking uphill at the end of that straight. You have like at the end of sector one, like a downhill turn into the back straight. Like it's it's a beautiful track. Uh, as an as an aside, in speaking of twenty twenty one, did you see that uh, Brundle interview with Meg the Stallion on uh, on on the track? No, I did not. Oh, <laughs> it is very cringy and very funny. Uh, it is like very clearly an old British white man that is just not up with what's happening. He like. He's like, Meg, Meg the Stallion, like, can you do a freestyle rap for us? And she's like, no. (laughs) It's so funny. Like, the security guard's trying to push him away, and he's like, you can't talk to her. And Martin's like, he's like, well, he's like, well, I can, because I did. And then he just walks away, and it's like, what just happened? (laughs) Oh, it's, yeah. uh, Did you see a Ted Kravitz? Call oh, the wrong guy, yes, Patrick uh, Mahomes. Palomino. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was very. Yeah, the, uh, anytime like these, uh, the commentary team gets to talk to celebrities, <laughs> it is always like, oh no, this is going to be funny, but oh no, uh, and yeah, the Circuit of the Americas as a track, aside from like the spectacle and the fun stuff that always seems to be happening, Danny Rick on a horse. 
Yeah, and, and like the the crop tops yeah. and like all the weird stuff. Like it is the most American thing that could ever exist. The track is just like, ooh, how do we want to build this track? Well, what if we just took other things from other tracks and we're like, this is ours now. You know, people really like the S's from uh, Silverstone. Well, what if we just put that in Sector 1? That'd be cool. Yeah. Huh. Well, we need something other twisty and fun. People really like that, like, second to third sector area in uh, Brazil, right? Well, let's put that in the second to third sector for ours. That'll be fun, right? Uh, like, they just... They yeah. just and then, like, even, uh, even like, the, the long right hand uh, turn that's, like, a flat out turn... That's pretty much just Bahrain, you know, <laughs> after, like, after the second DRS, like, yeah. you have that turn, and then it's just one long, like, wide turn. Like, it's it's just like a Frankenstein's monster of a track that just steals other things and makes it American. And, and it, it, kind of turned, it turned out very well. No, it's, yeah, it, it turns out if all you do is take, if you're unoriginal and you just take great sections of other tracks, it works well, it works together. well together. Who would have thought, you know? Uh, note, note to Vegas next time. Just steal other create good track a ideas. Better track. Uh, yeah, or don't create a new track. Just steal other people's ideas. Put work. Jetta in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That's so much fun. Um, another one that I think kind of slept on is Brazil, as you just Brazil's said. Brazil's a great track. Brazil is a fun race every time, and it's like the South America theme of everything. Like it's just like the party of Brazil is always fun. Mexico's great too. Yeah, Mexico's a good it's one. Like too. similar vibe. So. And the uh, the wheel to wheel race when we got in the sprint race with George and Max last yeah. year in Brazil, like go back and watch those high- highlights, you guys. So good. Like I was watching it just ear to ear, grinning. Like this is so much fun. I that it's everything that we wanted these regulations to do is to just watch guys for lap yeah. after lap fight fight with each other. I think the South American tracks are just like kind of slept on. Like you don't really yeah. think of Mexico and Brazil whenever you're like best tracks. Like you think Europe, USA. Canada's not a great track, so I think that one's okayly yeah, slept fine. on. It's fine. But, like, you just don't really think of Brazil and Mexico are, like, two of the better, like, at least top ten circuits we're going to go to this year. Yeah. It's, it, well, I think the issue is, like, the S-tier tracks are Europe, right? Yeah. And then you have some A-tier tracks that are Europe. And then, like, Brazil, Mexico, Coda are, like, fringe A-tier, B-tier tracks. Yeah. They're, like, really good, but not quite like you're not confident enough to call it like this is one of the tracks of the year and i think that it, it kind of unfortunately lives in that like gray area of or like it it's really stuck. good but is it great question yeah. mark like and i think that that comes down to how races conclude that will decide how people the how valtteri baltes of formula <laughs> one tracks <laughs> yes yeah it's uh yeah a b plus for sure let's talk about tracks we hate real quick uh, uh monaco yeah Mo- yeah monaco um <laughs> like badly this is my favorite part of Drive to Survive this year, was them, like, every driver being like, yeah, it's all about qualifying. You can't pass. It's too narrow. You really can't. It's not, like, it sucks. It's the most important thing of the weekend is just doing well, because you're not going anywhere, for better or worse. Sorry. Like, it's Alonzo, the Alonzo train last year was just, like, stupid. hilarious. Yeah, just being like, see how terrible this is. It it almost felt like a middle finger to the FIA to be like, yeah, you see why this is not fun for anybody. It's not fun for me, but I why I have no need or like there's nothing that he was driving like six seconds off the pace or something crazy yeah, like that. Like, but like, the... what incentive does he have to go faster? He can't pass the guy ahead of him anyway. Yeah. So just stay. Where yeah, you are. like it's yeah. Uh, I I understand that it's a spectacle and it's iconic and like it's a historic track and. When it started, I get it. Because the cars were smaller, yeah. so you didn't need the wide tracks to pass. But 
the cars aren't small anymore. They're At the all. size of a like F one fifty pickup truck. Yeah, like these are wide. these are big boys these days. They're heavier, they're wider. Um it's just unless they are willing to rework the track, which they aren't generally. Uh they've made very minute changes like they added a chicane that did nothing. Like yeah. it literally did nothing. They've widened uh they they took like a turn that was uh they moved it like twelve feet or something like something so minuscule that like made the entry like a little more head-on into a chicane like they are so committed to the historic track layout and i get that i guess the drivers love this track it's the history but everyone wants to say they won monaco yeah that's that's the thing and i get that it's the ultimate skills challenge (coughs) because it's it's, saturday yeah and i like and for you and i get that it's like a it's all focused because you have to hit it right every time but also if you're in first no you don't that's not that's not really uh, alonzo approved uh, ricardo sorry i know it's like the track that got me into the sport but like as i've continued to watch the sport i've fallen out of love with monaco pretty quickly it is the only race on the calendar that i don't care to watch it also used to be the only like street circuit so it had that going for it now there's a lot of them yeah and i'm and, not i'm not generally the biggest fan of street circuits as as a whole there's some there are plenty that are fine yeah i mean but, like there you can at least have good racing and there's just not racing it's not a race i'm sorry yeah. it's a it's, it's an endurance test of don't don't make up. a mistake yep don't don't pit both your drivers at the exact same time <laughs> and then maybe you'll be fine don't you know? have one of you guys literally almost have to come to a stop before they come into the pits but okay why what what are you doing yeah that was so funny. no words no uh, words. <laughs> <laughs> so bad uh yeah uh for those of you that are not aware last year that was that was the unfortunate reality for charles uh charles leclerc who was on pole he has a bad history at this track of things just not going his way and finally it seemed like he also lives there. Yeah, he lives there. He's from here. These are streets he has grown up on. He always seems to just have things like he either crashes or in 21, he has the crash in qualifying after getting P1 and then it has to start like at the back because of the gearbox change in, in Park Ferme, which uh, like... No, they didn't change the gearbox and then on his way to the grid... Just died out. He That's right. He couldn't get out of first gear, so they just didn't even race. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough you know tough time for the kid. Um which is this right move because had you changed that gearbox and you start in the back, you're not going to win the race yeah, anyway. No, so no, it, it would have just been not fun. Yeah. It would have been not fun. Uh, Australia, I don't really like. That's it's fair. not, yeah, it's it's like it's in. It's not as bad as Monaco, but it's not. It's yeah. in the C to D tier for me. I'm not um, a Zandvoort guy. Oh, I, you know, I was actually going to say, I was shocked this past year. Zandvoort was better with the new cars, but I'm still yeah. not a huge Zandvoort guy. Because 21, that was bad. That was not fun. Zandvoort also is like normally like you go to Silverstone. There's at least three British drivers, and like the crowd's kind of mixed up, and like there's still some Red Bull fans because it's the UK in Formula One. Yeah, but boy, it was it was Zandvoort the Orange Army max. all out. <laughs> like, yeah, there's no no other reason we're racing there. Which I'm a Max fan. I like Max, but it's kind of boring. Yeah, I I don't know if there's any other track that just like really sticks out as something that Canada's I Canada's not great, but it's not yeah, bad. it's fine. Yeah, it's uh. It as it, so from just strictly from a, a driving on F one twenty two game perspective, uh, Hungary's terrible. I hate <laughs> I hate the I hate that uh, I I'm hate the so Hungary bad ring. F one twenty two. I love playing, but that is a track I I haven't even touched it on this game. I hated it so much in twenty one that I won't even touch it in this game. That's fair. Um, Austria's good. Obviously, uh, it like Monza is probably something that we should have listed in like tracks of excitement, but like it's kind of one of those. It's a given. Yeah, it's Monza, a Monza's speed, Monza. Like, 
It's nine turns. It's it's just a whole it's lot Ferrari. of yeah. Like, it's, it's yeah, the Tifosi faithful. Like it's it's a lot of fun. And uh, I'm a big fan of the Red Bull Ring. Yeah, like uh, yeah, Austria is fun. Uh, I think that's another one of those like fringe like B plus yeah. tracks. Um, I'm interested in Singapore this year. Uh, removing one oh. of those like kind of uh, whatever they have like those U's where it yeah. kind of looks yeah. like a crowbar situation. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, in sector three, you had this like left. You had like four or five 90 degree angle turns in a row and it was just like so boring uh so they removed one of those sections so that's an improvement um i actually like barcelona and they made an update to uh towards the end of the track so that entry turn into the chicane is gone uh, huh. so they've now rounded it a little bit so that whole chicane's gone at the end of the track okay uh so we'll at least say, they're attempting you know what i mean yeah like if, if, if that's turn 13 14 turn 12 went from this tight turn into like a wide entry into into the straight. I like it. So, which is a reversion into the way the track used to be, is my understanding. Carlos is still going to go into the gravel because he's just Carlos magnetic to it. But, yeah. uh, and you know, I'll, I'll even throw in Miami as a track I'm excited about. Miami's better it, than I thought Miami was going to yes, be. To be honest with you, it is. Uh, I, this has just turned into the ragging on Monaco. It is what I want Monaco to be. Yeah. It All has. Show, yeah, it has the still some reason. It has the tightness, like that. Um, you have that, like chicane late in the, I think in the second sector that feels very much like the castle corner in Azerbaijan. Mm-hmm. Like sector one's very like uh, fast turn, windy, like Jeddah. Like you have some yeah. really interesting pieces of like risk reward that exist. And if you if you biff it, if you miss a little bit, like yep, you're, you're in the wall. You're gonna miss. Uh, but like you have that very long straight on the back, and you have into like a pretty hard corner. Like in, basically into a hairpin, tight, um, tight braking section too. Yeah, like you got to nail your brakes, and it's pretty early. Like it's 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 earlier than most of the braking yeah. zones in, in any track that I'm aware of, and even the like, there's like an an unspoken straight uh, after that windy section in sector one. That's like it's kind of like the Azerbaijan back straight. Like, that like your three of the turns are like <laughs> minute, they're, you're they're flat out. Yeah, on every tire compound in every situation. Uh, so like I guess Miami's fine. Uh, like it's it, it was it was fun last year, and I hope that it stays that way. I don't think that I have any other tracks that like yeah I don't I'm have a whole lot of tracks or that I, I have like an opinion on. We're already an hour deep. We're yeah we're we're in here at this point. <laughs> this was bound to happen. Um, I don't know Japan. Who cares? That's <laughs> Japan. I would love to see an actual race in Japan this year. Uh, it was like lap one chaos, and that yeah. was fun. Yeah. It was fun to, just to see the aftermath of like all the cars that like uh, Gasly had the the wall piece stuck in his front wing. Like that was fun. <laughs> so there's that. Um, and I guess Qatar. I guess we'll see what that's like. Yeah, it'll be what it'll be. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't what... have a whole lot of strong opinions on half of the. Yeah, they're mostly fine. Calendar. Yeah, there's like two or three that are rough. Most of them are okay <laughs> or good, and then there's some great ones. I think it, it, Qatar is new. Or at least new this year. I think so. That or they changed the layout or something. I don't forgot. Because it wasn't on the calendar last year, at least. Uh, and maybe it wasn't like with COVID regulations. So yeah. maybe at least since I've been like actively watching, I haven't seen it. But uh, Abu Dhabi is always fun because it's the last race of the year. You know what I mean? It's the it's the fireworks. It's the jubilation at the end of the year. We get to say goodbye to, to whoever ends up leaving this year. And yeah. that's always sad. No donuts, Mick. Yeah. We get to be excited about what's to come, and next year, you know, the, the copium officially starts there. Yeah. That's it for the races. Uh, bold take. Throw one out here. Alonzo is going to challenge Max for a win early in the season. That'd be it, I, like, I want it. Like, it's gonna... I, it, I, 
don't think it's as bald as it could be. Uh, I don't know. Another crazy one I've heard was Perez loses his seat. Yeah, man, maybe. You know? I mean, they got Ricardo sitting there. If they roll into Vegas and for the spectacle, Perez is out of any sort of like competition for anything. Maybe all of a sudden Perez is hurt or he has COVID or that would be un- obviously I know like they're bringing Ricardo to Vegas. Like, yeah. there's no way Ricardo's not at. He'll Vegas. be the poster child yeah. for it. I obviously I wouldn't wish like sickness or pain or whatever no. on anybody. But I was if, more just saying that's what Red Bull was gonna say. Yeah. Not that he actually had it, but like, but oh, yeah, Perez oh, is mysteriously not feeling yeah. well. But I will say, if there was a time for Checo to miss races, Vegas would be the time because that is like that's what everybody would want. Yes. Everyone would want to see. Not obviously not to say that everyone wants Checo to be sick. Everyone wants to see Daniel in Vegas Can on you track. See Daniel, dude. If Daniel gets in that Red Bull car. It would just be ear to ear grand. But then, what if he like actually competes with Max? That'd be like, like that might be how he. Daniel could replenish his whole career if he gets in that car for one weekend and qualifies like half a tenth off Max or something crazy, and like is like competing with Max, and then everyone's like, "Oh wait, maybe it really was just that he couldn't drive the McLaren." Yeah. It's possible. I don't. I don't necessarily see it, but yeah, it it, it is. Like, I mean, that's more than a bold take, right? Like, it's it's yeah. not supposed to be exactly feasible, but at least there's a route where that's a thing. My bold take: five wins for five one five teams to win. Uh, it's not going to happen. I understand that. We'll I, see what Alpine. Alpine's a great. Uh, yeah. So this so this is my thing. This is this is my only this is my only thought on this. I and we talked about this earlier. I think four teams have the opportunity to win on their own merit. Yep. At some point this year, I think that Mercedes doesn't have it at the front end, and I think that. Um, Aston Martin does, and I think that Mercedes will have it on the back end, and Aston Martin won't. So that means that at one at no point will there be more than three teams. I think at least with a genuine opportunity to win a race, I and think that, Ferrari and Red Bull like definitely will. Yeah, so I think there will always be those two, and I think that Aston Martin and Mercedes are going to kind of trade positions there. Yeah, you know, early third, mid third of the year, which means that I only need one team to get lucky, and I think that mm-hmm. it like. Both Ocon and Gasly have been recipients of the lucky race win. Yeah. Where things just land their way with safety cars and people getting out early that should be winning that race. You get a half second added to the race pretty much by a safety car. Like, yeah. And stop, like... But think, think like, you, you have in Monza in 21. It's because Max and Lewis crash yeah. out that we have this McLaren 1-2. So these things happen seemingly every year. It'll, it might happen. So I it's not likely, but it's... It, I wouldn't, like, be totally mind-blown if it did. Alpine also didn't show us what they are, like, through preseason testing. Like, Alpine's genuinely, like, an unknown going into this weekend. Like, Alpine could be as bad as McLaren, and we wouldn't know. Or, or they could be as good as Mercedes and Aston Martin, and we wouldn't know. Like, we don't yeah. know where they sit. We'll we'll find out when we find out, I suppose. Yeah. But, yeah, hopefully that that happens, and that would be fun. Uh, obviously, if... if, if they were if France was on the calendar this year, that would be like the coolest thing. Oh yeah, but, they'd be sending everything into that race. That'd be really fun. Uh, let's uh, let's hit some Drive to Survive coverage officially. We've been hinting uh, and taking notes at it here and there. Uh, <sighs> season five, what do you got? Yeah, it started like okay, like it, like the first couple episodes. I'm like, okay, I like this. They cover everything well to me. I don't see any major holes. And then, as you said, we get towards the end of the season, and uh, Perez signed that contract before he won Monaco. Like that was that's been known, and they didn't make that say though. Yeah, they all. presented it as if it was after he won the race, and that was what changed Red Bull's mind. Like he was losing his seat, and because he won that race, they signed him. Like that's not uh, yeah, but that's not how it went. So, I did, 
uh, it's drive to survive. There's holes. They want story. It, it, yeah. It's drive to survive. I love it, and I hate it all in one wrapped up nice little package. Yeah, I, I always try to explain Drive to Survive as like, you you cannot watch it as a documentary. You have to watch it as a dramatization. Yeah. It is a helpful tool that sometimes offers some interesting insight that we wouldn't get otherwise. Fix your fucking car. Yeah, like, <laughs> like we get some things that are very fun yeah. and give us like a good insight on, the, on like rivalries and uh, give you a good idea of personalities that may indicate like why people do what they do. But yeah, you have to understand that it is some things are out of context with the intent of making them seem more interesting than they are. Yeah. Uh, and I think formula one's interesting enough as it is, but I understand that that's to an untrained eye, which sounds pretentious to say, but to someone who doesn't already care, you have to entice them with things to care about and adding in rivalries and drama like that, where maybe they don't fully exist or aren't as fleshed out as they infer is the only way you got to do that. I think that the, Piastri, Ricardo, Gasly, Yuki they, stuff. They was, covered that well. I thought that was yeah. actually pretty dead on. Uh, I think they confirmed pretty much more of the same of like what we saw on track and added some good behind-the-scenes context to that, which is what I want the show to be. Christian and Toto do not like each other. At all. Like uh, I don't think they even really had to hype that one up. Like I think that was just genuinely like Christian was like, fix your car! Like, yeah, you stop! Which, <laughs> and and, and it, like, it's, it's a heart optic position for Toto to be in, which is like he, for the last eight years, has been the person that people have to argue with. Yeah. And that people are trying to tear him down. And then the second that he's not in the winning car, he now has to play the role of, I have to complain about things and I want them to be fixed. Because it's and it's going to look like, oh, well, now that you're not winning, suddenly you have a problem. And yeah, pretty much like, yeah, yeah that's, the- that's, that's more or less what it looked like. It seemed like at that point in the year, there was really only like a team or two that was really struggling with porpoising like that. So... For him to attempt to change the rules, which they ended up doing this year. Uh, by, but I by think they did it correctly. Adjusting, yeah, adjusting yeah. right height and yeah. not having a very reactionary uh, solution to the problem is good. I think the show sometimes plays too much on good guys and bad guys. Oh, badly. I am um, not the big biggest Otmar guy. I think sometimes that they show him and Alonzo as like just two like two types of villains, just like two different types of things. Alonzo also owns that he is a little bit of, like he, that is kind of his personality. Yeah, he loves a it. little bit, and, and he, he even talked about that on the show. Like, like he's he, like, "There's heroes and anti-heroes." Like he knows it, and he loves it. And yeah, which is I great. think he, like, he, he loves fits the, that he role. It. Yeah. Here's here's a, a couple issues I have. So I think that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think that sometimes <laughs> it's important to like express that here are the popular and negative like personalities yeah. of the sport. And here's kind of both sides of the argument. I felt like there was really uneven race coverage. I swear. I saw Miami, Monaco and Emma every episode. I swear. I swear on my life. I, I couldn't get away from those tracks. Yeah, I was telling Danny, I was like, you can really tell like where they had their cameras at. Like they really centered it around five or six races tops. Like, and I think that sometimes, so I think they follow a different team. Uh, for the races that they go to and sometimes that team doesn't do anything that interesting and there's just not a whole lot to say yeah and sometimes you get them being with mclaren and 21 and monza and that's like thank god they were they were there for that yeah um so i i think that that's just unfortunately those happen to be races where the teams that they were following were interesting i don't it's maybe not entirely fair to like put anyone on blame maybe just the way i would pitch it is i would like each episode to cover a team yeah um so i get a full picture of the season that way I understand that that's like kind of ruins the suspense by end of year stuff, but I think that that's the better way to pitch the show as opposed to like 
it feels so cluttered on one end and like congested into this like race to the end. The last two episodes suddenly were at the end. Like, okay. Yeah. I thought the Alpine and McLaren fight for P4 coverage was really good, too. Oh, they nailed that. Uh, which was really surprising, considering I feel like they didn't really do a lot of the, like, McLaren-Ferrari last year. But, like, they no. did, like, an episode, uh, and it wasn't, like, super in-depth, if I remember correctly. Like, I thought that was really good. Uh, I also loved seeing how Christian found out about, like, Christian Horner, uh, Red Bull's team boss, how he found out about Oscar in the summer break. He's just sitting there and just... His wife's like, uh, did it, what? And he's like, what did it say? And she reads it, and he's just like, he has to have a drive. Like, you yeah. don't say that without a drive. Like, it, it was, that was a cool little behind-the-scenes yeah. thing. It could have all been staged, too, but yeah. it was cool. <laughs> you never know. Uh, yeah, I, I'm glad that we got some real storylines that existed. Yeah. That it wasn't fabricated. I think that, by and large, most of the things that they talked about were actual things and not, like, made up for the show. They may have dramatized what that was, but by and large, they were covered. Because I remember last year, they were doing this Daniel-Lando rivalry thing. That's not real. That's just not real. No Seb episode. That's a joke. I'll I'll agree. Uh, He's a four-time champion. Four in a row. Yeah. He's one of the greats. He literally was the best driver of an entire decade, pretty much. Because he almost beat Lewis and a Ferrari that shouldn't have been competing with Mercedes then. So, yeah. I don't know. So, that's... I uh, I'll get I'll I'll come back to the sub stuff later, but that bugged me. Uh, I think the coverage of the Red Bull cap situation was really good. I think they showed um, that people freaked out, and then the next episode, I think that they unintentionally showed that no one actually cared because uh, you noticed no one talked about it. The the next episode, it's almost as if the four hundred thousand dollar breach is actually not that relevant. I get the rules are rules. And I understand that in 21 in Brazil, that when Lewis Hamilton's rear wing was 0.01 like millimeters too wide, yeah. that they gave him a, like a problem. I understand that they are very like severe in black and white on how rules break and how that works. I think people massively overblew what this cheating allegation like. Have, it's not that important. I'm sorry. Like, I if you think that four hundred thousand dollars is the gap between seventeen race wins and second place with four, I just I don't know what to tell you. You don't know Formula One at all. Yeah, like if, you, if you're new to the sport, uh, one thing you can learn that's not the gap. That it, it's not real. What was the cost cap last year? Uh, the actual number, I'm not sure. What was the Formula One? Will you roll through that? I, I I'll, I'll run yeah. on something. Yeah, keep going. That's that's interesting and. I think the the hatred that we started talking about with Max, you find it. So this they knocked it down just because of COVID. It went from one hundred and seventy five million dollars in a year to one hundred and forty five million dollars in a year. Wow, <laughs> four hundred thousand dollars goes a long way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for context, zero point six percent. That's that was the difference. Yeah. It's not. That's that's the, that's the long and the short of it. Uh, I'm glad that they like showed both sides of Christian be like this is dumb and everyone else being like are, are you serious and him being like yeah because it's 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 not that real uh and i i think it's interesting that zach phrased it like you know christian's essentially saying like yeah it's just like extra pickles on the burger like that's and it's like uh, but kind of actually yeah <laughs> like it pretty much is like i get thousand dollars very well might have been like the catering for the season like but he yeah. might not have been lying about that yeah like, it may actually in fact be pickles but yeah. it might have been the gap <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, and, and I get, again, like, rules are rules, that's fair, whatever. So, we talked about, uh, Max Hatred, and, man, I have seen so many clips of 
him being called a cheater, a fraud, him getting booed. Uh, he won in Monza, right? And he was getting like pretty intensely booed in like. I can kind of see it because that is Ferrari's home. Yeah, but like, it's not like he hit anybody. It's yeah. not like he's like it's the only way that it's his fault that he won is because he just drove better. Well, yeah. Which, as a fan, like, you just what are you supposed to do about that? If you're not a fan of his, like, sorry, like, yeah. it's just a very strange thing. And I think people have very much taken things out of context. And I, he actually spoke about this uh, today or yesterday. Of like, I just say what I think. I'm pretty straightforward about that. I think that's a good quality. And some people don't like that, but that's. I think that it's better to be clear. Yeah. And I love that about him. And I think that when, you know, we, we have Abu Dhabi in 21, Max doesn't make that decision. Yeah. He just drove the car in the spot he was put. So the overspending. Did Max spend that money on catering? No. That was right. the team. So yeah. why so why is Max the fraud here? Like I don't, I don't Max just it. drives the car. I so it's a very strange thing. It's yeah, it's it's a it was a virtual nothing burger and I'm and I'm glad that they have shown a bit that like I think that it's important that we leave Max alone a little bit. And like, yes. if you like, feel free to root against him and root for him to lose and root for his downfall. That's fine. Um, cheering when he crashes. That's bad. Yeah. Um, booing on a podium. Yeah. Booing when he wins a race that he just was a good driver for. That's lame. Like go down the list. It's there's a lot. Yeah. It, it, I think, I think Max is like possibly the, it may be hard between him and Lewis because of the years like, of it, but became like the anti-hero without trying to be the <laughs> like he had like fernando wants that yeah he feeds that like he makes that happen max just wants to drive the car fast to compete against yeah. other people and, and then, then he wants they, to go open up fifa packs later like that's yeah, like that's what he does like he's he's pretty relaxed and then he wants to go drive 24 hours of le mans on his on his race sim and then complain about it when it doesn't work like he does complain a lot I yeah give everyone that and and I think yeah, but I I think everybody Every, has that like I think I think again he's probably a little more direct in how he says drivers that. in his position are going to complain just as much as he does. They all want to win, so uh, I, yeah, I'm I'm glad that Netflix showed kind of the the nasty side of the fan base that is just unrelentingly toxic and just reprehensible behavior. I agree. This is something that bugged me. They totally biffed the very awkward championship announcement. Yeah. They were like, and they, they phrased it as as Christian be like, oh, and then you suddenly have this you the sudden realization, like, no, it was even Max was like, but I'm not though, right? And they're like, no, you are. And he's like, no. And they're like, no, like, yeah, yeah, you are. And he's like, are you sure? <laughs> like, yeah. And he's like, okay. And they like open this little side room for him to go into, and it was very awkward. <laughs> so weird. And then he goes out, and after he's won, he's still like. But it's not over though, right? And they're like, yeah, no, no, it's done, man. Like it was, it was very awkward. And I'm there. They were just like, oh yeah, Max won the championship. That's good. Anyway, I, uh, I think they also it was so awkward because everyone knew that Max was going to win the championship for like eight races beforehand. So it was like, oh, it's finally over. Yeah, and and I understand like it was a weird circumstance for how that yeah. race concluded. But this is one of the things that bugged me. They misplaced a Hamilton audio, and I think that I'm, I can't guarantee it, but it seemed pretty obvious to me. Uh, in Coda, in Circuit of the Americas in, in Austin, on when Max overtook Lewis, they used his his audio, his radio audio of saying, "I gave it everything, you guys. I gave it everything." I'm nine thousand percent sure that that was his cool down lap audio. Yeah, I'm so certain. I, know. I listened to it and like I'm watching the episode in the way that he's just like, "I gave it everything, guys. I gave it. Everything. There's no way you're talking like that while you're racing." Uh, yeah. 
I, it, I'm very certain. And that was like a very strange, like that's a weird place to put that when you're still showing them racing on track. Like it sounds like he gave up. Yeah. Which like, in fairness, he did earlier. Uh, was it Spain that he like lapped to? was like, I, I'm done. I'm not doing this. He literally, <laughs> he literally was like, I think we should just save the mileage on this motor, guys. Yeah, what and then and then he still, I think he gets like a podium. Or yeah, does, he, yeah, no, he, he finished like sixth or something. Yeah, like, does perfectly well. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> um, we got 20 seconds on uh, Russell's maiden win. That's that's a mistake. This is the <laughs> second year in a row that I've watched a driver win their first race. And then in coverage, in passing, they're like, oh, yeah. And then I guess he won this in quick <laughs> montage where they're like, Oh yeah, George Russell wins the wins the Brazil yeah. Grand Prix. Cool. Maybe my favorite. This is the true highlight of the show. Uh, it's when a kid said Pierre. Uh, when there was a kid that was like Pierre Gasly. That made my day. I was like, <laughs> hey, we got the thing from the thing. That was that was cool. So I'm I'm coming back to to Seb's retirement piece. I get a three minute long goodbye Daniel montage. I understand that Daniel is the star of the show, and I know that I sound like a Daniel hater. Seb is a four-time champion, and he got like a 15-second clip of Checo watching it on his phone, and Checo being like, what? Anyway, and we move on, and we're done. And Daniel gets all the love in the world. I get it. Like, this is where the show splits, and it's it's about entertainment and not about the sport in and of itself. I understand that Seb is not the most interesting person to put on a camera. I would have liked more of him and Nick's relationship. I think that's camera-worthy, but yeah, I just struck me as uh, a true gap between the fan of the sport versus the fan of the show of like where those roads really separate. That's that's all I got on Drive Pride. You got any other thoughts? Nope. All good there. Barring preview. Close it out. Uh, we we hit one. most of it, so we'll, we'll run through this pretty quick for you guys. Yeah. Uh, We're at an hour and quick, a half. Woo, Let's go. <laughs> quick, quick history. 3.363 miles, 57 laps. This is the 19th uh, Bahrain Grand Prix. It's been a Formula One calendar for this will be the twelfth consecutive year. Uh, Pedro de la Rosa holds the record, minute thirty one four four seven two thousand five by the McLaren. Last ten race winners: Seb in the Red Bull, Lewis, Lewis, Nico, Seb in the Ferrari, Seb in the Ferrari again, Lewis, 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 and then Charles. The Bahrain curse is a myth. Uh, I think that that's a very silly thing that like who wins Bahrain doesn't win. I think that's dumb. Uh, I. Those are the last 10 winners. Uh, last 10 winners. Lewis won one, two, three, four, five of those. Four. Five. Four yeah, or five. Five, five. And Seb won. So, like, we're looking at 50-50. That's yeah. probably about pretty on par for, like, who wins every track. Yeah, pretty much. And maybe a little bit below. I think, like, actually, when serious. Nico won it, I think he won the title, too. So, yeah. I, it's so, a, yeah, 2015, because <laughs> yeah. it went yeah. 2014. Yeah. So, like, you know, whatever. It's silly. Who cares? Uh I think it's a great track. I think it usually gives us like a good indication of what the first third of the season is going to look like before a team bring a ton of upgrades I'll and start moving that. on. Uh, Max has never won here. That's that's a note. Uh, I that'll think that's change. yeah. I, that's that's yep. Yep, that, that, yep. That'll probably be different. Uh, I think he's too hooked up to the Red Bull rocket ship, and I think In, unless their motor blows up again, he's yeah. winning this race. Uh, I think Ferrari be on second. Uh, Aston Martin might compete with that. Yeah, I, it's. I think that'll be a good fight. I think you know George. Again, had, doesn't have great things to say in relation to this current package of the Mercedes. Yeah. Upgrades to come, allegedly. This is like coming soon trademark. Like, they did this yeah. last year. They're like, oh, yeah, but when the upgrades come, we'll be competitive. Them um, and uh, McLaren both like to do that a yeah. lot. They're like, we know it's not there. It's coming. And it's like, yeah, but every team has upgrades coming. Yeah, so you're, you're just like... trying to, like, stay in the same level, <laughs> the same amount of behind. Uh, yeah. Look, the, the race is euphoric. It's the first race back. It's always extra exciting. And 
We got great wheel-to-wheel battle last year. I think that we'll probably get more of the same this year. I hope that this is brilliant. And I think that's all I got for Bahrain. You got any yeah, more? No, I don't have a whole lot. It's going to be really interesting to see what the middle, the midfield looks like. We'll know in roughly eight and a half hours how how things are shaking out. So yeah, we'll, we'll finally get a good look. We got we get up tomorrow morning and it begins. It begins. Uh, so that's 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 what we're going to be doing tomorrow. You guys yep. may be listening to this. So until then, I'm Carter. I'm Skyler. That's the inside track.